My name is Mark Madison, and I am so very proud to have Fujitsu General America as a sponsor. At Fujitsu, they're focused on partnering with the best distributors and contractors to ensure that each Fujitsu heating and cooling system brings infinite comfort to every end user. I first met Kevin Thomas, actually Kevin Arthur Thomas, the guy with three first names. I sold him a service agreement in 1992. We became good friends, and a few years later, he ended up selling his successful business in the material handling world. And I actually invited him to become my webmaster, and he helped me build my first website. So I've known Kevin for a long, long time. We've been good friends. Um, he is one of the most extraordinary men I know. He has a great sense of humor. He calls himself a professional general manager, but he's one of those guys that when he does something, he does it in an extraordinary way, like Christmas lights, 150,000 Christmas lights, and let's attach a radio station to it so it's synchronized. You're in for a treat. Kevin is a wonderful human being. He's been married to his wife for 36 years, and they have two boys. Ladies and gentlemen, Kevin Arthur Thomas. Well, good afternoon. This is Mark Madison on Books and People, and today we are privileged to have my old and dear friend, Kevin Thomas, the guy with two first names. Hmm. Three first names, actually, but... Uh, really? Uh, I, know, I guess I never knew your middle name. Ooh, yeah, it's, uh, it's Arthur. So. Oh, or it could have been Percy. That's what would have been my guess. Percy. I like that. <laughs> it's an old name. It's an I old like name. it. That's good. That's good. We, but, I, but I am old, so that's appropriate as well. So there's that. Yeah. So we, you are flat out one of my favorite people of all time. We're we're incredibly good friends uh, because I think we're both just a little left of center, a little nuts. But we met in 1992. Aye. I know. And that was, so next year is 30 years we've been friends. And I, I was thinking about... I had walked in your building. You were one of the three partners of Northwest Handling. Your father had started the business years before that. And I cold called your building and the receptionist said, oh yeah, you need to talk to Kevin. Kevin's <laughs> the one who can answer the, all the facilities questions. All, all those questions. And you were so nice and we hit it off like peanut butter and jelly, like the first meeting. Yeah, that's odd because Cold calls don't sit well with me, and you <laughs> you, you must have had a uh, an air about you that uh, that uh, that set well with me because uh, you know typically that secretary and I and I she still works there she she's a lifer I think but um, she was just learning how to screen my calls and um, she, she obviously didn't do very well that day so. So you, so tell us a little about this. So it was Northwest Handling when your father started the business in what year? Oh, wow. Um, like the sixties. Yeah. Yeah. He, he actually had a, a, a few fits and starts along the way. He was, um, he's been in material handling, you know, warehouse loading dock equipment is his whole life. And, right. um, traveled throughout the Northwest. Um, one of his favorite places to go was Alaska. And uh, he used to bring home for my three sisters and I, 
he used to bring home silver dollars because in Alaska, they didn't use paper money. They used silver dollars. Wow. Yeah. So um, I still have them. I saved them all. My sisters, I think they spent them on shoes or ice, I don't cream. Know, <laughs> ice cream. Well, who knows? They don't have them anymore, but I still do. Oh, um, but um, now you, yeah. you were an SOB, son of the boss. Well, yeah. And I thought that would cut me some slack, but um, yeah. How was yeah, that? Well, when I joined the company, um, actually, I, I had a, a career with uh, a, a contractor and they moved me around a little bit. Uh, thankfully, they moved me to uh, Tri-Cities area where I met my wife and, you know, we're still, we're still married, even though I dragged her to, to Alaska, because when I joined the company, I said, so, I kind of grew up with the company. I know the parts. I know the service. You know, not so good with sales yet, but um, you know, I knew the products. I knew everything. And I said, "So what would I be doing?" And and uh, Dad says, "Well, I'd like to send you to Alaska." And I said, "Excuse me, um, I'm your son. What? I'm your, exactly. I'm your kid." He says, "But what better way to, you know, learn the business?" I'll. We'll, we'll open up a branch. It'll be your branch. You'll run it the best way you can run it. And, um, you know, uh, unfortunately, I, um, when I, I moved up there, that was right before Alaska tanked. Um, oh, if you remember, time. yes, in the 80s, it like somebody, it was circling the bowl. And um, yeah, my wife and I, my brand new wife and I, bought a place and within two years it was worth half of what we still owed on it and Fran is still with you all these years later I know so we could have walked away but both of us you know we talked about it and said I just can't do that I mean just because you can doesn't mean you should right right well it's because you have character and you're not one (laughs) well not every day at least well yeah i mean when it counts when it well when it matters when yeah. it really matters exactly so exactly. when you started there the company was doing and this is all from memory from almost 30 years ago but when you started there the company was doing about 5 million when you finally sold it were you guys doing like 25 30 million um yeah somewhere around there maybe a little north of that but um you know they're they're still around. I, I walked away from it and uh, my two partners are still running it successfully. And um, thankfully they, they let me buy into part of the building. So um, thank goodness they're, they're still going because I still get a rent check, which is kind of nice. You're, you're a landlord. Um, in a good way. I've been a landlord in a bad way, and um, I would CIL the landlord. Uh, yeah, no, don't. <laughs> I would. If you have a choice, don't be a landlord. That's right. my advice. Yeah. No, I was. I didn't like it. I wasn't no. a good landlord. No, no. We're, and so, you and I, whenever we talk on the phone, which is like every month, sometimes a couple times a month, we'll talk for a half an hour. We laugh more in in less time than any of my friends, and what you you're one of the smartest people i know okay and i'm not just you know blowing smoke at you i (laughs) really you truly are and uh well thank you but you're also one of the funniest and 
but then having said that, you're also one of the most passionate learners I know. We made a connection because I think I lent you some audio cassettes from the guy that I eventually went to work for, Bob Moad, and you said, Ooh, oh, you, great. You, need, you don't need those back, do you? No, I think uh, you can go ahead and hang on to them now. All right, years later, Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure I don't have a cassette player anymore. I still uh, have a few because I'm looking at a couple of cassette boxes, but I'm thinking, what am I going to do with those? Yeah. Well, yeah, I got some VHS tapes for you, too. I, I'm still trying to figure out what to do with those. What, beta? You did not beta? Oh, well, no. That, that, some uh, Sony 8mm. I, <laughs> I, I had to throw some of those away. but. Um, oh, man. So what where does your passion for learning come from, Kevin? That's what I wanted to ask you. Well, I don't know. Maybe maybe because I wasn't such a great learner when I was growing up. Um, Were you slow? Just, well. <laughs> or just uh, bored not, like I was. Yeah, bored. I wasn't focused. And, um, you know, I was, I was good at certain things and that needed very little effort. And, um, you know, I could, I made it through high school basically without, we're doing very little, if any, homework. Um, moved on to college, but interestingly enough, I graduated from college with a higher grade point than I had in high school. Right. Because so, you were studying the things you wanted to study. Um, yes. Yeah. And, you know, I like my wife likes to tell me, you have so many hobbies. Well, oh. they're, they're, they're kind of hobbies, but I just like learning new things. I like doing new things. Um, Okay, no. for those of you that don't know, Kevin one day calls me and says, well, I'm setting up some Christmas lights. I said, well, good for you. How long is that going to take you? He said, about three weeks. I said, excuse me? He said, yeah, I got a radio station and it's going to be synchronized to the lighting. And, and so, so my wife and I drive to see this thing in Kent, which is like, you know, 40 miles from where we live. In East Kent. Yeah, East Kent. Yeah, that makes it even worse. And uh, we pull up and there's this line of cars there's like 50 cars and i'm watching the most magnificent light show i've ever seen uh and you turn the radio dial to match the lighting and the music and here's this music playing with the light synchronized tell us how you got started doing that that's just nuts well i saw a a uh i think it was so long ago was was it a youtube video was youtube around back then um in the 90s and uh this guy had synchronized some lights on his house, probably 50 lights to um, a Trans-Siberian Orchestra song called Wizards in Winter, which is not a Christmas song at all, but it's got an amazing beat. If you ever, if you don't know who Trans-Siberian Orchestra is, just, uh, you know, go on YouTube and, and from and Russia. It. It's yes. from Russia? Yes. No. Well, no. They're just they just came up with that name. They're they're rockers, um, you know, classic rock and roll people that just came up with that name, and they wanted to do traditional Christmas music in a rock sort of way. Mm. And my sons and I have been going to their concerts here in Seattle for years and years. But anyway, that song started it, and I I saw that, and people were commenting on it, saying that they that's Photoshop. You can't, you can't do that. You can't synchronize lights to music. And I looked at that and I said, yeah, you can. And I, I'm going to do that. <laughs> and my and first Fran rolled her eyes again. It was like going to Alaska. Oh, geez. Yeah. And so the first year I started out with like 250 channels, different channels of lights. And that means basically you plug in strings to those different channels and you control them differently. It was like, 
it's it's like conducting an orchestra right you know um and then from there i the next year i doubled it in size till i ultimately got to about 150,000 lights and um it was a passion and i would work on it all year round um starting i'd start setting up the day after halloween go live december 1 and then um take it down sometime in january <laughs> when it wasn't raining or snowing or freezing something like well that. and then then in, and by the way that was the flat out the coolest christmas light show i've ever seen biggest most magnificent most breathtaking it was really a wow uh, but then one day you called me because so this is after you, you basically got out of the you sold your part in the company and so you had all this extra time on your hands and then one day we were sitting around having some Thai food and I said you know I think I need a website for my speaking business and you said <laughs> that would be fun I said what do you mean it would be fun he said well yeah that'd be a fun project I said you could do that oh yeah that'd be fun I'd like that so we started working together what was that 2000 two or three somewhere in there somewhere in there and for i don't know seven eight years i never had more fun working with somebody else than when you and i and we would talk almost every day and uh one day you called me and you said hey we just sold like 600 copies of freedom from fear and i go what i go how'd that happen he said i don't know you gave some flight attendant a book on delta and uh she has a blog <laughs> called sky chick remember this Yes. Yeah. Uh, that was hilarious. And she wrote about the book and about meeting me. And, and then it got picked up by like, I don't know, AOL or something. It went out to like millions of people. And uh, all of a sudden you got a call and, you know, 600 books. And I was like, what? And then, and then fulfillment started. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh my gosh. Now what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> the music was playing and we were just writing the lyrics as fast as we could. Well, the first thing I did was say, Mark, do you got any more books? Yes. <laughs> I hope you have 600. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I remember. I remember. <laughs> Man. And, you know, oh, you, it was such a fun time. I, it was uh, a fun time. You know, I look back on the different careers I've had, and I, I, I have my favorite boss. Of course, you and I were, were pretty much partners you know, e equal in many ways. Um, but, um, except you were smarter than me. Oh uh, yeah. Right. Um, but you are great. You were a bigger speak, uh, better speaker and, and of course, better looking. So, um, well, that, we both have a face for radio, well. so that's not saying much, <laughs> but I, I would love to sit in the audience. Cause I got to do a lot of that when we worked together and right. it didn't matter whether I heard this story before. I would look forward to it and then I'd wait and I'd look around and I'd wait for the reaction of the yeah. audience. And it was just pure bliss. I just love that. I still love that. As a matter of fact, I could, I could hear recordings or watch you live and just uh, sit back and revel in the great stories and the reactions that you get from those. Well, you're like a perfect audience member though. You laugh at every joke, you know, and laugh at every funny story. Uh, you're thoroughly engaged, but yeah, at the same time, you were like dual plane learning, right? You were like monitoring what was working at the same time you got pulled into whatever we were talking about. Well, that was the thing, you know, I, the, in 92, I sold you a service agreement 
So we took care of your air conditioning. And then when I got into the training and education business, you hired me to come in and do some team building for your team. And so through this 30 plus years, we've just always found a way to, to work together in some fashion. And now we just have lunch and talk on a regular basis because we just have too good a time whenever we get together. In fact, the last time we were on the phone, I said, Kevin, that last half an hour, that should have been a podcast. You said, I know, I know, we got to do that. <laughs> so so let me ask you this. You you went to WSU, which I don't hold against you at all. And But somebody gave you the nickname Wirecat. Where'd that come from? Well, originally, um, it was just plain wire. Okay. Um, but I joined a fraternity when I went over there, which was... Uh, I, I, I don't think it was close to killing me, but it but really didn't do me that that much good. Other than it made yeah, yeah, uh, sure. it it made me lifelong friends, and it it actually did help me get through college because um, I did needed a, a gentle nudge from time to time in the right direction, and I I couldn't be there if I didn't have good grades. So right. um, that was part of the reason to get good grades is I got to stay and go to school, and you know. And, and do that. But um, they had, uh, we lived in a fraternity and with me and 68 other guys. And it's a, it was a house, um, like a big apartment house. It wasn't one, one of those fancy Greek brick facade, sure, you know, gothic yeah. looking. It was, Pretentious, sure. it looked like an apartment building, basically. But um, I thought I was, my picture was more like Animal House, but go ahead. <laughs> okay, let's not go there. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, like, like any house, um, especially a house where 69 guys live in it, needs maintenance and a lot of it. And um, the house manager prior to me was pretty much tired of it. And he, he was a smart guy, knew how to do a lot of things. And, um, you know, I was a freshman first, you know, straight off of Bothell High School over in Pullman. Everybody looked at me going, who is this green guy? And I said, well, you know, I'll run for house manager because the other guy doesn't want it. And uh, they said, well, what are your qualifications? And I just started rattling off a bunch of stuff. And Science and, club. Well, yeah, chess club and, sure. you know, uh, all that. Tell them I wired my parents' cabin and it didn't burn down. I did all the plumbing. I did this, did that. And they said, okay, well, we'll let you be house manager. Well, I was house manager pretty much the whole time I was there if I wasn't doing some some other duty with the with the fraternity but i basically did everything myself i didn't have to call a plumber didn't have to call an electrician didn't have to call a heating guy i basically figured it out i said hey it's already broken i'm not gonna break it so i might as well try and to lose yeah sure. just try and fix it and um i was successful most of the time so after a while they just called me wire because i could fix everything <laughs> which was a lot more flattering than you know plumber or something like that so um, right and then cat wire cat that's my initials so um i just became, sure. yeah three first names so i just that, that was I'm, and i'm still wire cat that's my email address <laughs> from I know. now that's until I forever it. i guess yeah. yeah so so you that really laid the foundation for you to to go to Northwest Handling and be able to do pretty much anything there as well. I mean, I remember you telling the story about having to, you know, basically open up a computer and rewrite the code. And I mean, there's really nothing you can't handle from a technology standpoint. And that that part of your personality and skill set always impressed me. 
who are, who are your mentors coming up? Who are the people that had a profound effect? Obviously, other than your father, because I know you had a close relationship with him. Well, I did, and and um, we got along well, which was which was really good because we had to work together. Right. Um, but you know, he could he I could tell I could say things to him that um, I probably couldn't to other bosses or superiors, and and he could you know, fire me if he needed to and rehire me the next day, which he did a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that was when I was a little younger though. And sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I missed a, I missed an airline flight. I overslept as I, I needed to fly to Yakima. I think it was to do a dock installation and I overslept. I was a, I was a teenager. I, yeah, you know, I needed, I needed a lot of sleep. I, I couldn't get up at sleep. I know. So my dad comes down and beats on my door and says, what are you doing in bed? You're, you're missed your airplane. Um, you're fired. I go, okay, fine. I rolled over and went back to sleep. Oh, came, down, <laughs> came down 10 minutes later says, what the hell are you doing? Get up and get the next airplane out there. I, I need you to go to Yakima. I said, I oh. thought I was fired. I thought, okay, you're rehired. All right, fine. <laughs> so your dad was a mentor. Who else? Um, my uncle. Um, my dad had uh, three brothers. They're all, well, t- it kind of split. Two of them are real handy guys. Uh, my dad, yeah, he's a good carpenter, but uh, not a good electrician, um, not a not a decent mechanic. But um, my uncle Bill, who was a retired Air Force colonel, and my uncle Art were both. They could do anything. They could fix cars. They could build stuff. They they had huge workshops. I just love to hang out with them because um, I would just go, what do we, what do we make or what do we build or what, uh, what do we fix? You know, show me how to fix this or show me how to fix that. So, so it was really your environment by osmosis with all these relatives. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but they also taught me too, that, um, you know, be, be careful of electricity, but don't be afraid to take it apart. And right. You know, my parents had to put up with that for many years because to start with, I took a lot of things apart and never put them back together. Well, there were but, extra parts. Well, it, I didn't know how to fix them, but I wanted to see how they worked, right? <laughs> so I was the original maker, you know. These days, makers are real big. And the, the, the motto of a maker is void your warranty. And I avoided a lot of warranties back then. Um, Paul you know, Allen did too. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we were the same age. I mean, I know so, I read his book you know, and he, you know drove his parents crazy. It tried, almost blew up the basement with a chemistry set one year. Yeah, when yeah. he was like nine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, See, they they went to different schools than I did, so you know. <laughs> but, but you you dated a gal who who went out with Bill Gates, right? I remember you telling me that story. Well, she she was a family friend. My my dad and her dad were. Um, were real good friends they worked together for a time um i dated her a couple times in um at wsu we both went to wsu but um i was an idiot and you know like most guys my age back then yeah. i was an i was an idiot and oh. uh, we, we stayed in touch for a while and i didn't even realize that she had dated uh bill until i read his unauthorized biography and i was looking there's actually pictures in that book in the middle. Yes. And uh, yes. I'm thumbing through the pictures, and I said, "Oh my gosh, it's Jill Bennett." 
and um she only dates smart guys evidently well but you know unfortunately she she passed from uh from cancer yeah she was a super smart gal she never got married um i remember her calling me up because she was doing a like a surprise party for her dad and she says hey kevin it's joe bennett and i go what (laughs) who she goes joe bennett i go i know i remember she goes how are you and we had a great conversation and she said you know she stayed in the software business became very successful in that and um she said how you doing and you know i told her i was married and no kids yet and she says yeah i'm still single but i'm not gay i go i did wasn't even thinking that joe she she goes (laughs) i go but you know she just never found the the right guy but i guess that's understandable if after you you uh date bill gates and then call it quits. spoils you it's like going to the ritz carlton and then you go back to the crummy rundown gone to hell in a week sheridan <laughs> but, what happened to the sheridan nothing you just went nothing to, you went to the ritz carlton it's all it's, over now. yeah it's fine it's fine so since the name of this podcast is books and people what books had a big impact on you well, your book, certainly. I um, Oh, stop. Oh, no, really. I, I, um, I love the, uh, the quote you give, you know, it's a, it's a bathroom book you can read in, you know, one sitting, if you don't mind your legs falling asleep. Yeah. So, but it's, it's um, just simple truths that are easy to digest. That's why I think your books are so popular. Yeah. Um, you well, know, you I, me with freedom from fear forever, man, I would never would have got that one done with what for you. Well, that was fun because I got to learn new things. And, uh, you know, like, like we know, I like to learn new things, but uh, yeah. um, publishing software, that was like, whoa, what I know how to use word, but publishing software, this is, is this stuff. Yeah. yeah, this is what are all those funny characters? What are those for? But uh you know, yeah. we had your we had your good friend do illustrations, and that was fun because. Um, yeah, Dave Harrison. Yeah. Yeah, I you know I'm not a great graphic artist, but I know my way around that sort of thing. I, you know, I know a lot about a, what's the saying? A I, little about a lot. I know a little about a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And I know a lot about a little. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. Well, I try to keep my focus narrowed, but. Uh, any other books that, that come to mind that really resonated with you? Well, I'm looking at my library because I'm sitting in my office and there's, there's, um, boy, I just purged a bunch of them, but um, I'm trying to think of what my, some of my favorites are. Well, you, the, I remember you talking about, uh, who's your, who's your favorite uh, author? Uh, it's fiction, Dirk. Uh, no, that's the character's name, but uh, Clive Cussler. Clyde Custler. And so, yeah, he passed this last year, unfortunately. He um but oh. his son his son is carrying on and and still writing in his um in Dirk his Pitt, father's isn't that the character's name? Yeah, that's the original character. Um of course Dirk Dirk got old like you and I did. Um yeah. you know, he 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 turned into like a director of Numa and he's still um you know, he's still in the storyline, but he's not a you know, swashbuckling hero anymore, like as like his son is. So he was um, kind of an Indiana Jones. Well, the movie with Matthew McConaughey, what was that called? Sahara. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was they a- they kind of butchered that, but you know, it was it 
it was decent. I, I don't think it made um, anybody fans of Co- Clive Cussler, though, unfortunately. They, if they had read his his book and then saw the movie, they had the usual saying, you know. Yeah, they ruined yeah, The book ruined. was much better than the movie. Right, right. Yeah. But that that happens. That happens. You know, there was also uh, Raise the Titanic. That was the first one. And that was a really crappy movie. But uh, <laughs> the book is great because they raised they raised the titanic and it's still in one piece um well that's what they say about the jack reacher uh series the real jack reacher fans say tom cruise is five eight maybe jack reacher's (laughs) like six five what are they doing well you know tom's on his milk crate um, like he is on most movies so yeah i hope he's not listening to this podcast (laughs) i'm sure it's the first time he's heard that right we'll be hearing from his attorneys (laughs) nah he's a good guy he wouldn't do that i i'd like to think so <laughs> well i've met a few good hollywood guys like i met kevin costner once he's yes he all yes you did yeah and you thanked him for being such a good guy such a good guy just yeah. a regular joe man you know just yep. you know when somebody turns out to be uh, who you hope they might be your perception of them you go all right you know yeah. I, I have a hunch that bruce springsteen's like that just you know salt of the earth yeah you know, doesn't happen very often but yeah every now and then every now and then yes well you've had this incredibly diverse career because uh after you and i sadly parted ways which was one of the saddest days of my life and when we've remained friends that's what's really great about it but then then you did something i thought was really cool you lived you chose a profession that was in alignment with your values. Your kids were going to this private Christian school. And so you became the IT guy at the school. Yeah, that's, that was, that was really interesting. (laughs) But I mean, that's, that's your gift is you live your life in alignment with your values. And you're, you're honestly of all the, you know, the business success you've had, your uh, relationship with your sons, uh, like mine, you know, you have, you're really close to them and uh, that's a gift and that's something you nurture. And that's something I'm really, I really respect about you is the quality, you, you know, you're still with Fran all these, after all these years and, and you're, and you're close to your kids. And uh, I, I put you on a pretty high pedestal because of that. I have a lot of respect for you. Well, we're like peas and carrots, dude. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just want to be like you when I grow up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Thing is, you have more hair than I do, so I wouldn't wish too hard. Well, it depends. It's right now. It's a little shaggy. I need to whip out the old uh, Amazon clips and give myself a haircut. The uh, another yeah, COVID you showed haircut. me the picture of the beard. I feared that beard. <laughs> Boy, that was a nasty looking beard. I yeah. Uh, well, I, 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 to- I told you about the mustache, right? Yeah, I saw the mustache. Yeah. Well, I, so I'm doing this this seminar last week. Uh, it was a keynote, a virtual keynote to like 1,200 people. And uh, one of my clients watched it and he called me the next day and said, hey, you know, you, you crushed it on the keynote. It was great. I said, oh, thanks. He goes, but Mark, can I be honest? I said, sure. He said, lose the mustache. He goes, and while you're at it, he goes, the camera adds 10 pounds, get to the gym. <laughs> and I said, no, no, Wayne, don't hold back. Tell me how you yeah. feel. Well, the mustache is probably 40 years too late. So, you know, I, well, I had one for a good 
25 years i think i i started in the 80s i had the um the tom Selleck stash and sure it, it worked it worked well for me and then my one day my wife says you know you're getting a little gray in that mustache i bet you look, <laughs> i bet you look younger if you shave it off i'll bet <laughs> i don't know if i did or not but i shaved it off so there well, when go. I was 23, I grew one to look older and it didn't work. And then at 63, I grew one to look younger and it didn't work. So clearly <laughs> mustaches don't work for me. Well, but I've seen you with a good uh, a goatee. And, yeah, I had the beard there for a while. But yeah, uh, that I love the quote. I love the quote from Churchill. He says uh, this woman approached him and said, Sir Winston, I don't approve of your politics or your mustache. He said, Madam, you're not inclined. You're not likely to ever in come in contact with either. I thought that was a great quote. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. Good. So what advice would you offer somebody who wants to live a balanced, uh, fulfilling life? Because you certainly have done that. Well, uh, not to sound too cliche, but um, I've never been afraid to, to uh, close the door because another one usually opens. Not right away. Yeah. Many times, but... Um, you know, when I left uh, Northwest Handling, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And um, you and I got to work together for for quite a while. That was a wonderful time. Yeah. Um, I uh, went to work at my kids' uh, school as the IT manager. Um, I remember when I, right before I took that job, my my wife showed me the job posting actually there were two job postings a facilities manager and an it director and i said well i'm a handy guy i can fix i can probably fix things at the school she says no 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 you're you're an it guy you could be the it director i said well it's been a good six seven years since i've worked in it that's a lifetime you know right oh you'll you'll figure it out you'll figure and i i figured it out but um that was fun um it was definitely out of my comfort zone um, but again, if you want to really, truly do what you, what you, and you'll find out what you love, if you just get out of your comfort zone. Um, and I've tried to do that. Yeah. I always thought I was only, I would only have one career my whole life. And I thought I'd be happy working at the local Chevron in Bothell. That would be, I could, I could do that. Sure. Um, cause Fix I get to cars, pump a little gas and, and meet some great people and help people out and you know all the things i like to do and right. um but i've had more careers than i care to count but um i don't have too many regrets which um, um and certainly working with you mark was i could never regret that as a matter of fact i i don't want to say this but maybe maybe someday we could do it again oh dude <laughs> You know, I, one can dream. I know. So I, 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 I want to end with a story and I, I want to ask you to fill in the blanks. So one day you said to me, well, I'm building a 2,500 square foot barn. And I said, why? Well, to store the hay and stuff that if I said, for what? Well, I got some alpacas. What? Yeah, we're raising alpacas now. And it's like, who decides they wake up one morning and go, well, I think I'll raise some alpacas. And so, you know, next thing I know, you're like raising these alpacas. And then you said something to me one day at lunch. You said, you know, if an alpaca doesn't like you, 
he'll spit on you yeah now is that true oh yeah that's <laughs> that's how they defend themselves they i've spit? got i've got the perfect photo i i you know we, we were into it for quite a number of years before the alpaca market took a duker and uh, quite literally and um so you know we had a website we'd photograph them you know i'd help i'd help birth the babies but i'm out there walking around with my camera taking some pictures of the alpacas and i walk up to the to this one and um she was eating and she was giving me that kind of that look that the they evil eye give you. Not, guy? they're just like not quite sure of what what i'm doing and what is that device they're holding up and I took the picture and I caught the alpaca in mid spit. No. Yeah. I had to wipe off the camera. But then when I looked at the, the photo, it was like perfect. Uh, she know. hawked a loogie and you caught it on film. I did. But luckily it wasn't, it wasn't a really nasty one because the nasty ones are when they regurgitate. Sometimes they just spit air or whatever's in their mouth. But if they hawk a good one, it's, tell you it's like a skunk spits on you <laughs> it's bad <laughs> never never Man, had what to a have great that note to end this podcast Woo, i'll tell you <laughs> and oh man well that's the thing about you my friend is you know whenever we talk we just laugh and laugh and laugh and i i, I remember watching wedding crashers with you when we were in <laughs> vegas and uh yeah what you've never seen wedding crashers yeah we have to see this you've never seen this i can't believe you've never seen this <laughs> i laughed 31 times the second time i watched it with you <laughs> he says you shut your mouth when you're talking to me <laughs> wow yeah oh my gosh well buddy thank you so much for making the time it's always a joy to talk to you this podcast is brought to you by the team at Fujitsu General America. And like this podcast, they're focused on education and development. From the day they sold their first comfort system in North America, they've been unwavering in their focus on training. It doesn't matter if it's application, installation, or service. A better trained technician brings better value to the homeowner. So when you're looking for infinite comfort, think Fujitsu. Thank you for listening. If I struck a chord, inspire you to action piqued your curiosity, let me know. Call or text me at 206-697-0454 or send me an email at mark at sparkingsuccess.net. Should you wish to hire me to speak to your organization or association or order one of my books, simply go to my website, www.sparkingsuccess.net. And remember, make it a great day unless you have other plans. <laughs>